Hi, I'm Matt Forbeck, author of Shotguns and Sorcery in the upcoming Marvel tabletop role-playing game, and you're listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morris, Peter, and Jessica talk about the apparent conclusion of the open gaming license saga as the Dungeons and Dragons rules enter Creative Commons. In the news, the Marvel Multiverse role-playing game has a release date, Andrew McMill is exiting the RPG publishing industry, a new Fallout RPG campaign is on the way, and more! Plus, listener questions and a brand new sketch about color-coded starfighters. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. The Grand Army of the Gondolarian Empire needs you. We are looking for fit, strong men and women to serve as frontline foot soldiers and cannon fodder. Be slaughtered for the glory of the Empire. While your sacrifice will never be acknowledged, you'll die horribly knowing that the idle whims of your illustrious masters have been served. Sign up before Friday for a 2% discount on your mandatory uniform. All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse, we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ. And with me this week is... I'm Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers, uh, rising like a phoenix from the ashes. And also with us this week, we have the one, the only, the it's the owner of Southampton's most drooly dog. It's... It's me, Jessica from EM Publishing. Did you say something's most drooly dog? I don't know that that's true. I don't know if that's I think, true at all. I, 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 I think Hudson, Hudson probably gives, gives Django some competition there. We got a couple of listener questions. Oh, okay. Listener questions? I quite like these ones. So, we've got one from Kevin G. Okay. Hello, Kevin. Kevin G would like to know, does publishing games ruin the experience for you as a customer the same way that movie directors say they find it hard to not watch a movie analytically? That's an interesting question, yeah. I'm going to jump yeah. in very quickly because my answer is going to be different from yours, I think. So for me, I'm going to oh. say no. <laughs> but I think that's because I'm not on the creative end of it. So I don't do the designing of the games and the layout and the art and all those things. So uh, so my part of publishing it doesn't you know, run into the creative yeah. side of it. Um, so I don't critique the creative of a different game in the same way. I might critique like um, a Kickstarter's uh, logistics and scheduling timeline though, because that's the bit no, I do. No, yeah. So I look at yeah. the people, I'll, I'll think, why did you do that? So, a but lot I imagine work, yeah. <laughs> as 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 people actually create the games on the creative side, Russ and Peter, I imagine you're going to have something different to say to me. Yeah. Hmm. What about you, Peter? I would say that GMing games ruined games for me, or has the potential to ruin games for me. Because it just makes me have to second guess myself as a player. I can't really fully engage. I have to be. I, I'm sort of thinking, oh, I need to be. So it's the same effect, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But actually, becoming a game designer has made games better for me. Like five years ago, I looked at Eric Consortium and was like, I don't really understand what I'm looking at here. This is very complicated. There's dice pools. But then something over the intervening years has happened and now I like the kids oh yes yes this 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 all makes sense I understand exactly what's going on and the only thing I've really put it down to isn't so much that being a like the only thing that's really changed that might help 
is having done game design. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I see what you're trying to do here. Oh, this is excellent. And I can really lean into it. So actually, it hasn't ruined it for me. It's made it better. Uh, thoroughly recommend. Um, that made understanding mechanics a lot easier. For me, it's, it's a little different. Yeah. It says ruin the experience. Yeah. So I will say, no, it doesn't ruin the experience for me, yeah. but it does change the experience for me. Yeah. So, I mean, Jess, you said the word critique a yeah. minute ago, and, uh, you know, you don't critique. Mm. So I don't critique games that I get, but I notice things yeah. about them from a design point of view. So, yeah. you know, I don't necessarily evaluate and judge them in any way, but I do notice things. I notice yeah. something that... I think is interesting or a choice they've made or something they've done or something. I understand why they did this or why they've done that. And just from a sort of purely basic point of view, just tiny little things you will notice. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a silly example. Like, um, I I imagine it's like going to a theme park and you, when you go as a kid and then when you go having worked making fiberglass models, you you will know you will have a very different experience. Does is that sort of thing you're trying to say, or am I well, that what I was trying to say was like from a layout point of view, yeah. I notice things like hanging headers and things like that. Hanging headers, so headers, headers. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. so when you get a, a header at the bottom of a column, and then, oh. then you know, and little things like that, I notice quite a lot. I I will say that publishing is definitely a thing because. Um, like there's a there's a Zendikar layout that um, that's like a free PDF that Drive for RPG did mm. uh, for Magic the Gathering. It's a setting there. It's it. I the first time I saw it, it was like really gorgeous. Mm. Now I'm looking at it. I'm trying to explain to other people about layout and like how to do a gazetteer. And we're looking at it, and it's like I'm actually seeing. Oh, the the art is gorgeous. The layout isn't great. That's mm. that's like. It was done by the same. It was only done by one person. I'm looking at the layout. It's definitely the thing I probably noticed most. Yeah, Mm, mm, yeah, it's it's very in your face. The layout, isn't it? It's very obvious. It's the first thing you see. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, or even if you don't know that it's not good, you know that something is off. If that Mm. makes sense, like Mm. because obviously the more you know about layout, the more precise you can be. Say, no, look at that. Like the the pictures don't line up. But yeah. Even if you don't have it, something at some level will be like saying, there's something not quite right here. Well, the other thing is, I'll notice when layout is like, you see quite a lot of 5e stuff, which Mm. basically uses, and it's it's not on DM's Guild, which basically uses open gaming content 5e stuff, which basically uses Wizard of the Coast trade dress, which you cannot do. (laughs) (laughs) And there's so much of it out there that does that. You know, you open it and they've got the hedges are formatted the same way and the tables look similar to Wizard of the Coast and the stat blocks are the same. And it's like, yeah, you can't actually do that. Yeah. You know, you are in violation of the open gaming contract. I, I assumed that was um, not for profit stuff. I assumed that was like a fan made thing, just like I made this cool thing. For no, me. no, you'll see, you'll see that in actual published products. Oh, like, right. We, oh, we, really? very, we very carefully go out of our way to make sure our trade dress is very different to Wizards of the Coast. Yeah. And sometimes people will actually criticize us for that. It says, oh, it doesn't look the same as a D&D product. Correct. Of course it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> well spotted. Good one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But you will, you will see that quite a lot and I definitely noticed that yeah yeah. so that's um, interesting because everyone has kind of a different take on it yeah anyway that was that question from Kevin G thank you yeah I thought that was a really good question that it's interesting Uh, the other one was from Angus Wallace hello Angus how important is the uh, synergy of game design versus setting Mm -hmm. so this is basically rules matching Mm. matching the fiction basically because the general 
thing that you hear an awful lot is, why would I learn a new game? 5e can do that. Mm-hmm. Which technically is oh. true. Yes. Any game can do anything. But some games that are designed specifically yeah. for certain genres just do that better, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Hmm. I think so- sometimes game mechanics can enhance or encourage the what you're, you're wanting the characters, the players to feel in the yeah. game. So, like, you know, the classic horror reference you have is with Dread. You're trying to build that tension and that anxiety. Pulling a brick off a Jenga block is always going to yeah. make you feel that as a player more than yeah. sometimes rolling a dice, even though rolling dice can be very stressful, yeah. we're all aware. But, yeah, so I think sometimes when you can get a game where the, the mechanics enhance the setting, I think that feels really special and, and cool. Mm. Like, I... You know, Ten Candles does the same thing. Like, you're blowing out these candles. It's physically getting darker. And you're seeing, you know, the light mm. fading in front of you, which you yeah. know your character's going to die. Um, so I think there's yeah. a lot to be said for that. But there are some systems mm. that are designed to be generic enough to use forever. Yeah, of I, course, I don't course. think 5e is one of those. I think 5e That's does fair. what 5e does very well. Mm. Um, and I don't mean yeah. to say 5e can't do horror. You know, 5e can't do these other things. But mm-hmm. it... But when you're doing it, you're still playing 5e and they can't do it in the same way that some other systems can do it. Yeah, I, I think it can do it, but the yeah. system won't add to the setting. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. will just be there. And sometimes that's yeah. fine. It's 5e in a costume, isn't it? Rather than you, being... You, you yeah. need, an ex, you need a, like an add-on, basically. Like a, a, a 5e extension. Like if you've got Chrome, you need a special extension to make it work yeah. doing a certain thing. You need it for 5e. Like Otherwise, you can throw a lot of wisdom saving throws. You can... You can make your own stuff up, absolutely, yeah. but yeah. you are, yeah, tricky. You know, this is kind of like a really simple example, but I feel mm. that even just down to the dice mechanic makes the mm. game feel different when you're playing yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I feel like a D20 plus modifier yeah. feels very different to a percentile system when you're playing it. Yeah, yeah. even though they're exactly uh, the same. How so? Right, for example, um, I used to enjoy a Star Trek game back in the 80s by Fassa. Mm-hmm. And basically, you had a big long list of skills. And it was astrophysics and mm. carousing and engineering and life sciences, you know, all these different skills and, and shooting and stuff. But they were all percentile, and that kind of felt scientific. Yeah. Does that make sense? I mean, I'm okay, not yeah, saying yeah, yeah. A, a percent is more scientific than it, but it just. Yeah, I may, and that might even just be peculiar to me, but it feels more Star Trekky. Yeah, well, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, that than the, yeah, yeah, and and you know, and a, a dice pool system feels, I feel, a little more explodey and heroicy mm-hmm. to me, and uh, you know, different different things feel very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is actually a really fascinating insight. I think you're spot on with that. That's uh, really true. Um, like Jessica, have you? You, I don't think you played Call of Cthulhu? I have, yeah. You have? Okay, yeah. So you know... I was that in a it's mask. So that's why I just say masks, because everyone kind of goes, oh, yeah, we know. So I don't have to go, oh, Nalatha. Masks is the four-colour superhero version of the Powered by the Apocalypse. That's fair. No, that's fair. The Masks of Nalatha, the classic Call of Cthulhu campaign, where you die a lot, because it's like you walk into the room, there's a trap, you die. Oh. Yeah. I mean, so basically... Like on a fairly fundamental level, these this this game you could replace it with DCs and a D twenty roll. It wouldn't be too hard, except that you're sort of rolling against an internal DC, so there's no option for GM fudge. And indeed, they did. There was a D twenty version of Call of Cthulhu, mm. written, I think, by Monty Cook, if I recall correctly. 
That's yeah. out there. That exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it has been done. And while it was a perfectly well-written game, mm. it's not the same. Yeah. It doesn't feel the same when you play it. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, and that's, uh, I think there's like definitely, there's fail forward games and there's, uh, bias to success games. Mm. Like Sa- Savage Worlds, there's a bias to success to encourage you to do wild things. Call of Cthulhu, you're trying desperately to avoid rolling dice whenever possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or maybe that's just me, like, because I'm yeah, trying no, to you're succeed. Right, you're right. No. Yeah. And the whole, like, do you need a system to support the setting? Like, I hadn't really thought about it before, but that's actually really similar to the con- some concepts from board gaming. Mm. Like, a Merry Trash versus Eurogames. Eurogames are basically, you have a lovely, fiddly little mm-hmm. engine that you're trying to manipulate, and there's some sort of theme. The theme is on like, top. you're really making matter. a train line. This is a, um, you're organising power systems in Germany. <laughs> I love the German accent that crept in there. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Uh, whereas Mary Trash Games, it's all about the mechanics must support the theme. Um, mm. And that's really interesting for me because I really like Mary Trash Games because if I am playing a game and leaning into the theme does not result in me having a good time or victory, I don't actually need victory, but I'll, have, I'll take having a good time. I don't want to play it. Yeah. I don't want to play most Euro games because I'm like, oh, it's complicated. I don't want to have to learn it. Mm. So it's sort of like board gaming is sort of the opposite of role-playing games in that respect because people are like, well, we'll just take an existing engine that we understand and we'll whack something over the top, mm-hmm. which is your classic Euro game, or the better role-playing games that you have to learn the, the, syst- the system do have good settings as well. And like, you know, it's, wow, yeah. I, I, I don't, yeah. It's interesting hearing you define Ameritrash that way because Ameritrash used to mean mm. uh, you have a really awesome theme but the mechanics don't matter. So you'd have this awesome oh, theme okay. that's like, you are going to mm. be like Marvel superheroes running around doing stuff and you're like, yeah! yeah. And then it's a roll and move and you're like, oh. Um, but I think <laughs> in, you know, the last 10 years we've had the golden age of board yeah. gaming and mm. I think the Ameritrash and the Eurogames have blended together to make games that have awesome themes but actually the mechanics mm. support it. Um, yeah. So I think you have this nice blend now. So I think, mm. yeah. So when I hear Ameritrash, I mean, it's a really cool theme. It looks great, but oh my God, yeah. why this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not a huge board gamer. So like my definition might be wrong, outdated, or just I misunderstood something. But I used to think it meant Ameritrash was like, you've got a theme and then you get lots of little bits of plastic to go and do violence to each other. Whereas well, your yes. Eurotrash was all about it- fondling little wooden blocks and moving them around. Actually, that's not how it is at all. So yeah, yeah. Um, I, I find it quite quite an interesting distinction, and certainly the like the parallels, but sort of the inverted nature of it with respect to RPGs is yeah, that's really fascinating. Hadn't thought about that at all. Great question. I've learned something today. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Right then. See, I don't know what either of you are talking about there because I don't really play board games that much. But I will be doing soon because I will Ooh. be starting a monthly board gaming Sunday afternoon at my brand new house. Ooh. Cannot wait. Are we invited? It's going to be fun. Maybe. No, I'm not invited. Maybe. <laughs> yes, of course you are both invited. Hey. Is Django invited? Of course he's invited. Because he doesn't drool as much as Peter says. It's all slander and lies. <laughs> Dogs are never not invited to my house. Excellent. Dogs well, are better than people. Dogs yes. can come. People maybe not, but dogs are welcome anytime. Let's do some RPG news, Let's start with Keys from the Golden Vault. 
the upcoming heist-based adventure anthology from Wizards of the Coast, which is getting a little bit more fanfare now. Up until now, it's been barely mentioned. Um, There are some previews starting to appear now. Just in time, because it's coming out, what, in three weeks? Yeah, it's... Okay. Less than three weeks Yeah, now. it's this month, isn't it? Yeah. So... Yeah, 21st. So, and it's... I don't know what it is today. It's the, the third. third. Yeah. So, yeah, less than three weeks. Less than three weeks. Um, so, there's a, there's a new video up. Everything you need to know about Keys from the Golden Vault. And there's a yeah. preview on D&D Beyond. And that talks about four of the adventures in there, which is okay. kind of cool. Um, so, the four adventures it talks about... The first one is called The Stygian Gambit. Mm-hmm. in which you have to case a nine hells-themed casino and steal the prize for the three-dragon anti-tournament that's taking place. Okay. And that's for second-level characters. And then if you're fourth level, you can play Prisoner 13. So that's basically a prison breakout um, in Icewind Dale. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then for seventh level, we've got Vidorant's Vault. You've got to break into the safe of a renowned thief and bypass its security features. Yep. And finally, for 11th level adventures, there's Fire and Darkness, navigate the Grim Fortress of an Afriti, and retrieve the Book of Vile Darkness. The Book of Vile Darkness? The Book of Vile Darkness. Sounds vile. Mm. Yes, Mm. yes. Mm. It's an evil artifact. Okay. Which you'll find find in the list of magical items in your D&D books, I believe. Cool. I'm thinking of a different book. My bad. Uh Let's continue. I don't know what you're thinking of, and I'm not sure. <laughs> and, if, and if this Best is available ask. end of February, I guess it's linked so you can run your own heist games whilst watching the new heisty Honor Amongst Thieves film coming out in March. Yes, oh, I guess. Because yeah. we were saying that there wasn't really that much... Because I kind of expected for D&D Honor Among Thieves, the film, mm-hmm. to have an actual adventure book to go with it. Huh. Some kind of official product from Wizards of the Coast to go along with it. I was expecting that all the time, yeah. and it hasn't happened. And I was surprised yeah. by that, but I guess this is heisty, and that's a that is a heist film. So well, I guess yeah. it's. I, I I'm going to take, take a punt. They're waiting mm. to see is it popular because like previous Dungeons and Dragons films have not been have not received popular yeah, critical but, acclaim. Let's say. Product lead time on a book from Wizards of the Coast is a couple of years though. Yeah, yeah. So, so I don't you know. know. They wait to see if it's popular, then start making a book. By the time the book comes out, everyone would have forgotten about the movie. I feel like this one is um, the game you'd play if you were interested in doing that. Because you don't just want to recreate the movie when you do a role-playing game, like we've mentioned before. But this is your way of, we're kind of like them because we're going in doing a heist. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, it's similar, but not so tightly integrated that you're like, well, the movie sucks. Therefore, this book will suck as well. Mm. I'm not saying the movie will suck. I I've returned to a state of cautious optimism about it, although it doesn't oh, seem good to, place to be. Yeah, it doesn't seem to like have spread hugely. Like my sister didn't know about it going on. It's the sort of thing that I would have expected her to have some inkling of, but maybe she's just like seen it and not realised it's. It is still two months away, so all the big, yeah. all the sort of TV ads won't be hitting quite yet. They'll be coming in about a month, won't they? Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose we'll so. just have to wait for to see when it goes mainstream. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. I mean, talking of that film, anyway, there's uh, there are some um, tie-in products. Yeah, tell us, um, oh, but they're not merch. Then, yeah, yeah, it's kind of yeah, it's more sort of gaming merch. So there's a dice tower, okay, and there's a foldable dice tray, and there's like uh, printed character folios with pictures oh. of like Chris Pine on the front and the other people on the front. Yeah, um, and uh, and you can even get game mats. 
Play mat. It's a play. It's a play mat for twenty one ninety nine, and right. there's a whole bunch of them. Like one of them's got a, all the different iconic monsters. Basically, one's got a gelatinous cube, one's got an Albert, stuff like that. And um, so they're twelve by thirteen inches. Uh-huh. So uh, you'd normally use this when you're playing like Magic the Gathering or something, wouldn't you? Well, I... that's a, that's what it says. It's a soft fabric top helps protect cards during gameplay. It's like because I have some of these from when which I play game Magic. Are they playing? Yeah, this isn't for D and D, is it? I mean, uh, it's got Dungeons and Dragons on, like branding on or it. But are we really out of touch? Do people use um, mats for their when cars. they play D and D? Not cards, no. but well, I don't, well, maybe some. I don't well, know. Maybe. maybe we're out yeah, of touch. Maybe because because different gaming groups do different things. Because when I went to Bournemouth Berserkers, I remember I yeah. went somewhere. Mm. And someone, oh, are you the the club that has all the wooden bowls? <laughs> and that's because it was a thing that everyone had these little wooden bowls to roll their dice in so they didn't go on the floor and didn't damage the uh, tables. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that was just a thing role players did. Uh, it it's not. Uh, not no, everybody no. does that. <laughs> um, and I say wooden bowls; they're like they're gaming ones. They're not. It's not like a, for soup. <laughs> like it's um. <laughs> No, yeah, no, no, I understand. But, but, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, what I'm saying, maybe this is this thing. Maybe there are lots of people playing D and D that are using um, these play mats. Because they have their notes uh, and roll their dice. Maybe. I don't know. Do you... I wasn't. I didn't see any at continuity. If you're listening and you use them, please tell me. Hmm. Yeah, 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 I don't think so because I. Yeah, I need to know. Is this a thing? Because I have some, yeah. some somewhere. Are we on fleek with, with respect to our? Am I down RPG with the merch? kids? Yeah, I think we're hello, really hello fellow on. kids and all that. Yeah. Hello, fellow youths. <laughs> Are we using playmats to play our dungeons and or dragon games these days? Tell me. Uh, yeah. I mean, they make good mouse mats, I guess. It's They're too big to be mouse. Although, yeah, yeah. This, my, my, mouse my, my mouse mat uh, my mouse mat here is almost the size of my table. Yeah, this enormous. one's about the size oh, okay. of an A4 book, like the one I have. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah a, mine's way bigger. It's mine's a gaming like one. All right, you need to brag, wow. Russ. Because <laughs> you're getting your new house and just put your new <laughs> big mouse mat in. <laughs> well, yes, I need a big mouse mat to match my big house. <laughs> I have to scale everything up to match. So, we have got a release date for the Marvel Multiverse World Playing Game. It's been moved up. Yeah, I know when um, it is too. Okay. August the 2nd yeah, is when that's it is. What I was yeah. Hmm. Okay. When's and UK Games Expo this year? Uh, beginning of first June. First weekend of June. Uh, so, it won't be out in time for. Hmm. But no. I imagine they will uh, have some previews or things. Oh, do you want to cover this one then, Jess? If you know this one, um, I probably know as much as you, really. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, I just, Not I just, probably. I mean, it's in yes, yeah, so it's coming out in August. There's also an X Men expansion coming next year in 24, so they're planning on like mm-hmm. making this that carries along. But yeah, but what's coming out in August is Marvel Multiverse Role Playing Game, and it has an expansion for it. So it's got a six adventure collection called The Catechism of Kang, and yeah, so you got your full core rule book, and then those kind of six different stories in it, uh, and it's using the D six one six system. Uh, yeah, yeah. And if you are in the know about Marvel Multiverse stuff, which I am not, it's named after the title Earth Six One Six, so that's why it's called that. Um, which is which is our Earth, apparently Earth yeah. Six One Six, obviously, or something obviously. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and um, it uses three D sixes, so that's why it's the D system. But anyway, mm-hmm. but yeah, so that looks quite cool. I'm interested to check this out because I do like Marvel games or superhero games because they're they're hard to do well, and I think when a system you know sets you up so you can run it nicely, I think it's really good. So mm. I might take a look at that. Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, That's a new... So Andrew McMeal Publishing oh. is a book publisher. Yeah, they do... Um, what's it? Mothership, don't they? Well, they were going to do Mothership. They haven't actually... Oh. Uh, Into the Motherlands, not Mothership. Oh, um, oh right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the other one with Mother in the name. <laughs> yeah. Right, sorry. Um, Into the Motherlands. Yeah. Um, 
they were going to, um, and at present they um, publish uh, Zweihander. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are, they they stopped publishing role playing game products. Wow! Oh, they guess they've decided it doesn't work for them or their brand or it's not profitable for them or whatever they've decided. I don't know. Oh. But I mean, they, they dipped their toes into role playing products a, a few years ago with Zweihander, mm-hmm. written by Daniel Fox. Yeah. Um, and they've stopped. Wow. Um, there's been no sort of big statement that's just been revealed by Daniel Fox and the uh, creators of Mother uh, Into the Motherlands. They've revealed that rather than yeah. rather than the publisher themselves. I say yeah, basically that's, that's, that's the news that we know. Um, they also did uh, the Oz and Neverland RPGs. Oh yeah, like oh. a dark fantasy thing. Yeah, which I think we mentioned briefly on the show last year yeah. at some point, but. Uh, yeah, so... In fairness, I've not played any of these games, so... Yeah. Maybe mm. that's why. Maybe well, it hasn't been well-supported. You won't have been able to play um, Into the Motherlands because it's not out yet. That's a good reason why I didn't. Yeah. Still waiting well, on Kickstarter. The, yeah, so the uh, the creators from Into the Motherlands have stated they're now looking into options for alternative publication to okay. ensure that they can fulfil the Kickstarter. Oh, okay, wow. so they'll, they'll just get someone else to, to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess. I mean, they're looking into options. I don't know whether they'll... Ha- what else do they publish, if not role-playing? I think that... Well, they were a live stream, or still are a live stream, okay. mm-hmm. that, that made or decided to make the game of their live stream, as oh, I understand it. Oh, right. Okay. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. So now they're Mm. Yeah, I mean, the Kickstarter was... We, we did cover it at the time. I can't remember when it was. A couple of years ago or something? I can't remember. It was, yeah. It, oh, crikey. Was it? 2020, something like that? Maybe in 2019. I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Um, it was a long time ago. Uh, that's Twitter. Also, secondly, Twitter. Andrew McMill sounds like a comic book character, like a protagonist, doesn't it? <laughs> they sound like, oh, you thought they were just a mild-mannered game publisher, but actually they're <laughs> this superhero. Um, yeah. I, I mean, come on. We know comic book characters have to have first letter, second letter, has to be the same, Jessica. Yeah. So into the Motherland. So yeah, it was that Afrofuturist RPG. Yes. Uh, all about the- what if? Um, oh, what's his name? That king from Mali that destroyed the economy by giving away all gold on the pilgrimage to Mecca. What if a exploratory fleet got lost and ended up in a different world? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Let's have a look. I'm looking at their Kickstarter update. So in May 2021, they announced that they had a publisher, Andrew McMill. Mm-hmm. That was May last year. So that's when they announced that. I'm looking at when the Kickstarter itself ended, but they've got an awful lot of updates. We've got like 70 odd yeah. updates. So I'm, I'm scrolling through them, and you know, Kickstarter doesn't let you scroll through all yeah, of them. You have to load, load, load more time. constantly. So here we go. Uh, June the 20th, 2021, it funded. Oh, it was 2021. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's not been that yeah. long, though. Yeah. So there we go. So that's that's that. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen there with uh, Internet of Plans and Swayhander. I guess they're going to either find alternate publishers or publish them themselves. Mm-hmm. Which is always an option as well. Yeah, but you know, I don't know what the, the finance situation behind their um, their Kickstarter is, or whether that works for them or, or what. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I can't say. Yeah, it yeah. might be that there's uh, they don't have a good enough deal because I know costs in the states are quite high, aren't they, to get stuff printed? Yeah, higher than here, mm-hmm. and here is higher than China. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's probably one of the more expensive places to print stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But then you don't have to do shipping. And then yeah, shipping yeah. is hugely expensive. Yeah, yeah the springs and roundabouts to all these it's, things. It's a fun cost analysis I, I did last year. Mm. For when we were doing the level up for film, because we had a lot of books, I was like, what is the best way? Mm. 
Anyway. So, more Tetarapaga news I have. Yeah, there's only a couple of little bits left. I've... So, we've got free orders. Yeah. <laughs> so, let me, let me tell you what Free League are doing. Because Free League are always doing mm. stuff and or What do they free order? Huh? Free order? No, free, free order. Free that's what I meant to say. Free order. That's what it was. The sentence had free league and pre order in it. And I ended up saying free order. So, yeah, for free league. Curse you words. Okay, so let me get this news item out. So, free league are always doing stuff and all things, as we know. And they have just announced pre orders for Icon, spelled I K H H O N. Uh, and that's a box Ooh. set collection of adventures for Morkborg. So I guess oh, they're nice. kind of supporting their original independent system because a lot of people are looking for things for you to play. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> the setting is centred around a, a jail, but they're using the old, old word for jail. No, they're not. They're using, they're using the current British spelling of jail. It's not an old word. That's how you spell jail here. G-A-O-L. Mm. Yes. Mm. Mm. I've... Uh, I don't know, Russ. I'm not... Mm. Okay. Anyway... Like, I'm going like to move on. I'm going to move on. I don't want to fight. I don't want yes. to fight. It's Friday afternoon. Let's all be friends. <laughs> okay. But anyway, you're keeping four almost forgotten folk gods at bay. Uh, so it's that's the kind of dark kind of theme. And the box set looks very creepy. It's like the I-K-H-O-N is kind of scratched in. And the O looks a bit like an I a little oh. bit. Um, but yeah, it looks very cool. The box set is going to be available end of February for the physical release. But if you pre-order it now, you get the PDF immediately there. So that's just a cool little thing if you're a fan of Morkborg. Hmm. Are you a fan of Fallout? I do. I haven't played the role playing game, but I do really hmm. like the um the the digital game. Computers. Hmm. Well, there's a Winter of Atom campaign coming up, mm-hmm. and I've got to admit, I don't really know anything about Fallout, so mm-hmm. um, and, and I haven't played the video game. It's good, but there's a Winter of Atom campaign coming up, and it focuses on the Children of Atom faction from the game. It takes place in Fallout 4's Commonwealth as a new leader called the Son of Atom emerges. Oh, really? So there we go. And they've got a nice graphic with the words, Did you wish for a nuclear winter? I did not. Written on it with, no. with some people walking around in, uh, in the snow. I, uh, I didn't. I've never wished for a nuclear winter. Actually. Never? Not even no. once? It's not something I've desired. Oh. Uh, How about you, Rose? All the time. Nuclear Christmas. No. <laughs> I don't think I'll catch on. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I would do yeah. well in a post-apocalyptic world. No. No, I don't think any of us would. I, I've tried. I've got a crack shot team set up and an agreed rendezvous nice. point. Mm. And they all bring awesome things to the team, except I don't. But no one's questioned that yet because I've organised it. <laughs> so that's the only reason how I'd survive the apocalypse. Organisation mm. is a much underrated skill and also you can be entertaining. Exactly. So, but, um... Yeah. It's important. But yeah, so I... I yeah. yeah, I have my apocalypse team. Ready, yeah. mm. but mm-hmm. that's good. On my own, no, I'd be rubbish. I like, I'm five foot tall. I can mm. barely reach anything. Like, I, mm. I coughed one Need year. I needed um, therapy on my shoulder for three years because I <laughs> coughed too aggressively. <laughs> so you know, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah, you dumped con. I but that. at least <laughs> yeah. we could still play role playing games a lot in a post apocalyptic setting. Even if you were in a bunker or something, you just take a couple of books and yeah. there you've got yeah. years of entertainment right there. Secretly, yeah. you don't even really need the books, to be honest. Yeah. Well, yeah, Just you could do it, it from memory if it's you want like to. It's not like anyone's going to complain. <laughs> well, yeah, so out the bunker with you if you complain. So I've got a Kickstarter to mention. It's called Till yeah. Death Do Us Part, and this is from mm. Gary Gygax's daughter, Heidi Gygax, mm-hmm. oh, okay. to celebrate her wedding to Eric Garland, and this was a wedding reception guest gift that they had. 
Okay. At the the wedding reception. And they've decided to make it available to everybody. So it's on Kickstarter. It's a 36-page adventure. Um, uh, It's called Till Death Do Us Part. And it's just, I just thought it was kind of kind of cute and kind of a little bit offbeat, really. It's for first level for one E and five E D and D, also for castles and crusades. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean it's kind of OSR style stuff, but uh, yeah, 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 it's uh, it's doing all right. It's uh, it's funded. Okay, it's got twelve days to go. It's got an old school module cover that looks like a basically early TSR module, yeah. and that's Gary Gygax's daughter and her wedding. It's a good good yeah. title though. To- if only we thought of writing a book like that, called that. Yeah. It's almost like we wrote a book like that last year that we published. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Oh, um, mm. I have come across, bizarrely, a podcast. Podcast? That's not like What's a podcast? The, the, this, this podcast is called uh, Voulez-vous Roleplay avec moi? And what it is okay. about <laughs> is a podcast nice. about French-speaking role-playing games that you can play even though you don't speak French. Mm. That's yeah. really niche, um, and I like it. Yeah, I, I mean, su- super, super niche. Cannot cannot disagree. Um, you can get on Spotify. Um, I will put up a link to the thing, but I found it. Yeah, voulez-vous roleplay avec moi? Spelt, like a, spelt in a similar fashion to the song that it is riffing off of. Mm. I I just think that's really cool, Like because... It does tend to have a very polarised anglophone nature, so having some different takes and different ways to explore can be quite good. Like, say, Brancolonia was very popular, and that was a spaghetti fantasy. So, yeah. Mm. yeah. Anyway, yeah, I think that's basically it for the news, isn't it? Oh, uh, apart from to say congratulations to Rachel Williamson for her successful funding and, quite frankly, astronomical performance of the Paranormal Powers. Did over 20,000, nice. didn't Nice. Bye. Garden Little Fishes. Um, I'm looking at. I've received. I haven't had a chance to look at the PDF yet, but um, yeah, good work, Steampunk I think, Yeah, I think that really goes to show that psionics is something that people want. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. just as well, we have plans to bring out the Void Runners Codex. Hmm. Mm. Red leader standing by. Blue leader standing by. Puce leader standing by. Uh, say again, last communication. Puce leader standing by. Did you say puce leader? Confirm, blue leader. Puce leader standing by. Uh, please clarify, we, we don't have a puce leader. Well, we do have a puce leader, and this is I. Look, you can't be puce leader. Why can't I be puce leader? I mean, it's just not... Not what? Seemly. Seemly? Look, we have a red squadron, a blue squadron, and a gold squadron. Clear, unambiguous colour codes. What's ambiguous about Puce? Okay, uh, well, tell me what Puce even looks like. It's kind of a reddish, uh... Sea? Brown. Exactly. Perfectly colour colour. I mean, if even you aren't sure what Puce is, what chance do the rest of us have? Well, that will confuse the enemy. It, look, you'll just have to choose another colour, something clear and bold. Yeah, something so all your allies know who they're dealing with. Fine, fine. Let's do it again. Thank you. Right. Uh, lock attack wings in position. Red leader standing by. Blue leader standing by. Citrine leader standing by. What? I say again. Citrine leader standing by. Citrine. What in the galaxy is citrine? 
It's a shade of yellow. Okay, then then why can't you just be like yellow leader? Well, a bit lacking in mystery, don't you think? Mystery? It's an identifier for using battle comms. It's supposed to provide clarity and efficiency of communication. Yeah, but there's no reason we can't add a little jazz to the things, is there? Jazz? Okay, look, we're about to attack a massive battle station the size of a small moon with three squadrons of rusty starfighters. Exactly. We all need a bit of cheering up. It's good for morale, isn't it? Look, we don't have time for this. Let's do it again, and this time, please just take it seriously. Fine, fine. Nobody's allowed any fun around here. Target is now within sensor range. Look at the size of that thing. Vector locked. Red leader standing by. Blue leader standing by. Fuchsia leader standing by. Oh, for Jabba's sake. You know, I'm half tempted to switch to the dark side. Tell me about it. No deuce, citrine or fuchsia there. Yeah, just lots of grey. No messing around. That's it. It's more pewter. Just stop with the colour thing. Just pick a sensible colour. We'll be on the target in a few minutes. Sephir. Mm. No. Heal? No. Saffron. Resid. Salmon. No. You know, this, this is getting intolerable. Actually, I'm kind of beginning to see the point. There you go. The point? Well, it's a little bit more of a morale boost, isn't it? Well, a bit like that. Come on. Come on over to the lilac side. Okay, okay, just like one last time. Uh, the enemy has just launched TIE fighters on an intercept course. Okay, stay steady, stay on target. I'm so excited. Cut the chatter, activate weapon systems. Weapon systems active. Adjusting speed. Lemon leader standing by. Sage leader standing by. Yeah! Malak the Maleficent here. If, like me, you're enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing on Patreon for exclusive bonus content every week and the warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing you are helping to keep the show going. Subscribe at patreon.com slash morris. There, I said it. Can you stop staring at me like that now? The things I do. All right, all right. Don't forget patreon.com slash morris can i go now all right we uh we should really should sort of get on to this open gaming license stuff again shouldn't we so there has been updates and i did mention in a little addendum to our kickstarter last kickstarter not kickstarter um podcast Yes. Ah. These different things I do, Kickstarters and podcasts and things, and I can't remember which is which. Yes. This one is a podcast, not a this Kickstarter. Is, this is a podcast, so people can this listen one is a to podcast. it for free. Yes. Yeah. This is a podcast. Why was I informed? This is a podcast. So um, I did do. I did mention it in a little addendum last week, but yeah. I didn't go into it in detail. So what happened was, mm-hmm. Wizard of the Coast, after we finished recording, announced that... They like were going to do... <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I'll stop heckling the cheap scenes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were going to do two things. Yeah. So they announced that they will no longer attempt to deauth... Well, they were currently no longer deauthorizing, attempting to deauthorize the OGL yeah. version 1.0a. They, yeah. they said they would leave it untouched. Yeah. And they also said they would release the current system reference document for D&D 5e mm-hmm. under a Creative Commons license. Mm. And they did. In yeah. that same announcement, they, they didn't just said they're going to do it. They literally did right there and there. They did done nice. do it. The D and D core rules are now out in yeah. Creative Commons, and that is a license they definitely can't revoke. Yes, because uh. <laughs> <laughs> they don't own that one. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so it's out there permanently and forever. Mm. 
now under Creative Commons, which yeah. is interesting. I was so yeah. surprised because this it's happened. it's more than a backtrack; it's a complete reversal. Yeah, and that and I, I, I'm I'm still slightly confused about that. To be honest, it's so completely the. It's not just not doing what they said they were going to do. It's the opposite of what they said they were well, going I to do. Well, I think so it's this is them trying to... Factional warfare. This is them on a PR mode trying to salvage their reputation. So they know they can't mm. ju- just say... Because even now, they've said, oh, we're mm. not going to take away the open game license version 1.0a. Mm. Everyone's like, sure, yeah. everyone's done the for now thing. Yeah. No mm-hmm. one trusts that that's going to remain as it is. So yeah. the only thing they could do is give part of the license or the SRD like they have to a third party so that they don't have the power to do that. This is yeah, the only yeah. way to bring back good faith. Cause it's like, well, you don't trust us, but you you have trust in this this other thing. So, mm. so yeah. I mean, it doesn't it make it legally impervious, because if you have enough money, you can probably find a way to attack it. But, but it does make it a lot more expensive. Yes, but as we know, mm. Hasbro, as a company, is not making loads of money generally. So will they True be that. wanting yeah. to do a big yeah. lawsuit? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that's that's what they've done. I mean, it's been really interesting in the some of the stuff in that Creative Commons license mm-hmm. wasn't previously mm. available for use as open gaming content. Yeah, and we're talking about the things that they refer to as product identity, which is a term yeah. invented by the open gaming license and um, PI, not to mm. be confused with IP, intellectual property. Yeah. PI, which is um, basically a list of terms where if you use the open gaming license, you agree not to use those terms. Yeah, yeah. And those terms were basically branding stuff, name yeah. of the games, name yeah. of some characters, um, some iconic monsters, like stuff like that. Holder. Yeah, like Strahd. And so, yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. Yeah. So, in this one, we've got yeah. the Beholder, we've got the Mind Flayer, we've got Count Strahd von Zarevich. Yeah. Things like that mentioned in that Creative Commons license. Yeah. Now, importantly, only the names are mentioned. Yeah, yeah. You haven't got the Beholder stat block. You haven't got Strahd's backstory or image or anything like that. It's literally just a name. So it's limited utility, to be honest. But I mean, sure. But how would you copyright a stat block game mechanic, innit? I'm sure Wizards will find a way. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it depends on whether you're willing to fight them on it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. But, mm-hmm. you know, how, how deep are your pockets is, I guess, is the question. Like... That Frylock guy seems to still not be fast, but anyway. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he was pretty. He was like, come, come at me with that. So that was that's probably pretty interesting. So yeah, it's yeah. either not worth their time. So it's interesting stuff, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some people are braver than other people. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm not proposing that anyone do it. Like, <laughs> that, and just to be clear, don't do it. You'd be a fool, right? Mm. That's the official stance of me on this. I don't know about well, the rest why, of you. Well, my understanding, I think I said this this week, yeah. that the protection of game mechanics. Is not been thoroughly tested in court, yeah, and has only been tested to the extent that it's basic game mechanics and just like sort of nineteen forties board games, which are roll a dice and move four yes. squares, mm-hmm. um, and that's the extent of it. So when it comes mm-hmm. to complicated game mechanics with complex expressions like role playing mm-hmm. games, mm-hmm. there is an argument that maybe you could challenge that in court. You, yeah. yeah, it's a, it's you know, a ma- that it's hasn't a, been tested. Yeah, it's a maybe, and it would be such an expensive yeah. lawsuit because it's so fiddly yeah. and so many well, if buts mm. and maybes. And mm. well, this this third edition basically says roll some dice, and then the computer is doing something, mm. and it tells you how much damage that you do yeah. as a result. Yeah. So there's clearly an extensive game engine, which is quite. I I, I appreciate the convenience. 
but like there's a little gremlin part of me that's like saying, oh, maybe we could back engineer it. Right. I'm not going to, because I am really lazy. Uh, (laughs) I just don't want to. Right, like, I'm not that interested. It's like, great, I back-engineered it. I've got a I'm sure someone on internet has done it for you, if you look. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'll just someone who like, does it, find it fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, mm. And that, that would be the sort of thing maybe that you're talking about, where it's like no individual part of it would be copyrightable, but maybe the whole thing, I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Tricky, tricky. Yeah. Mm. So that, they're still going to be releasing the new open gaming license, and mm. they basically say, we hope you'll prefer the new one. <laughs> Because you yeah. can still use the old one, but we hope you'll prefer the new one. That's going to be interesting. So I, I actually have some thoughts about that. Okay, tell yeah. us. I yeah. think this is a sign that six E is going to be more different from five E than we think. Mm. Mm. Yes, definitely. And that it will be released under the new open gaming license. Yes. yes. With some terminology changes, which might make it really hard or a lot harder for mm. you to write six E compatible stuff. Oh yeah, yeah under the older licenses. Mm. And that's why they're confident putting those out there now because yeah. effectively they that that expression of the mechanics is going to be kind of be defunct. That's mm. the only way I can see that working. But that does mean that their everything's going to be fully compatible thing can't work then. So maybe that's not the I don't know. Yeah. It's they, like they, they've already took that by the wayside address. I don't know. I don't know, yeah. They, they've already got rid of that with the classes. The classes are not fully back compatible. They have different subclass features coming at different levels. That is not fully back compatible. So you can't, you cannot use a subclass from the uh, previous book, yeah. Uh, uh, unless, of course, we use the Level Up Advanced Fifth Edition version of fully back compatible, which means that you'll be able to play any Dungeons and Dragons module with it. Are you, I imagine you'll be able to do that. I am sure you're going to do that. Oh, you'll, be yeah, able, yeah. you'll be able to take an adventure. You'll be able to play it with Six E. That'll be fine. I, I, I could take an adventure from like Second Edition and run it in Advanced Fifth Edition. Or yeah, but you still have to do edition. some conversion in your head, yeah. though, as you go. Yeah. Like, on this Dragon Dance thing, I have to do some conversion in my head as I go. Yeah. But but I think for 5e to 6e, running an yeah. adventure, you won't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I think... I don't, I don't know what, yeah. I, what I'm talking it, about. Um, we're, we're, we're just speculating. Mm. We don't have a lot of information. But, I mean, this feels like there's historic parallels to be drawn between 4th edition and the... What's it? The GSL? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, the system itself doesn't look as different as 4th edition was. No, That was drastically different. Whereas this, it's still kind of recognisable, you know, it's still the same core game engine there. Yeah, I mean, for people who haven't seen a 4th edition book, it is wildly different to 5th edition Mm. and indeed 3.5 because it's just full of tables. Like, Mm. I got a 4th edition player's handbook. I was like, oh, this should be a good read. Open it up. It's tables. It's tables. It's tables. Just full of tables. Which, if I knew how to play 4th edition, would have been awesome. But I did not know how to play 4th edition. It's very so much it more like a, a reference book than it is a read book, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, um, if you ever did a course in statistics and had to use, like, a uh, like a, ta- a book of tables to help you do some of it, then you you, you would find it a very familiar experience, I would say. Mm. I, and that's not to say that there's anything wrong with 4th edition. That's merely my personal experience. And mm. the games of 4th edition I've played have been quite quite fun, actually. So, yeah. Mm. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what the next step is. Yeah, We're going to yeah. presumably see another version of the new Open Gaming License. It's going to have to come with some kind of carrot to get people to adopt it. Yeah. Which presumably means access to the 60 rule set and maybe part of their walled garden in some way, however that manifests itself. i, I got to say, it's going to be a hell of a carrot. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. even before yeah. the before January, I think we on the podcast said that last year, we thought that was going to be the case. We thought, because they mentioned, oh, we're going to do a new license. We thought, well, that'll be something for 
you know, sixth edition. Mm. So when you're doing mm. that. Um, yeah. So it's not a huge surprise. But it's interesting how publishers are responding, though, yeah. to this. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, Cubicle 7 is yeah. still, is, has announced that they're making their own mm. um, D20 game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Global Press, we already know, is doing that with their Black Flag, codenamed Black Flag thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's two, yeah. two major publishers are both forging yeah. ahead yeah. with 5e, basically their own versions of 5e. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pathfinder is doing whatever it's doing to de-OGLFI. Well, maybe it doesn't need to anymore. Maybe they've changed their plans. Mm-hmm. Um, Se- selling out is what they're doing. Like, <laughs> we've run out of books, guys. We're going to need to yeah, put yeah, selling out, <laughs> selling out in the, we've sold out a product. No, not, yeah. Not, yeah. Like, like, not, not, yeah, not artistically. Yes. I wouldn't accuse yeah, yeah. them of doing that. No, no. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like, we've run out of books to sell you. Hang on, we'll print some more. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is really interesting. So, <laughs> Cuba, uh, Paizo have run out of, um, core rule books. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can still get like the pocket editions and stuff, but the main mm. Pathfinder 3 core rule they run out of. Yeah. Call of Cthulhu, they're running out. Um, of starter sets. Hmm. So people are, I mean, we, did we mention this last week? I think we did. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, there's been a lot of interest in other things. But we've sold, yeah. we've sold loads of level up stuff in the last month, yeah. haven't we? Yeah. Like than, so yeah. much more than we were. January before. is normally like a quiet month because it's after Christmas, but yeah. where we, we have not run out, to be clear. You can still purchase oh. stuff, but. Nice. We're getting close to that level. So yeah. I had to, yeah. I was contracting distributors last week being like, hey, if you want to place another order, you're going to have to do it now, otherwise you might have to wait a few months. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but don't worry if you back the Dungeon Dovers Guide, you, you'll you get your books that you backed with that, and that's not to worry, because we put them aside yeah. for you already, yeah. in case you're yeah. sitting there going, I, uh... <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, speaking of Dungeon Dovers Guide, hey, hey, I just thought I'd like to show them. They're so pretty. You have I know you've already seen these. I put it on Discord. Oh, I haven't. I haven't. I've not seen no. these on Discord. No, oh. I haven't got mine. Oh. <laughs> I, yeah. I just say Dungeon Dovers Guide it's very satisfying yeah. I'm very happy it, it's made extra better for me personally because Russ doesn't have a coffee <laughs> no, no. Yeah. and I do and I gotta say like that, that that's a that's a really good feeling it's adding a lot to my smugness levels I may be overdosing in fact but also it's absolutely gorgeous inside I am a big fan of the way Ian Publishing does stuff and but just the the, the quality of the art throughout is just really consistent it, it's really representative, whilst also being, I think, quite beautiful as well. Um, I, I've edited parts of this, because uh, my name is the book, hey! but I will definitely be going through uh, with a fine tooth comb at some point, because mm. yeah, it looks super exciting. It is a good book. It's a very good book. I know. I, know. I, know. I ran good. one of the adventures from it, the, the mini it? dungeons last night. Nice, nice. Which was kind of fun. Um, anyway, I did want to quickly mention system reference documents, sticking on that topic yes, for a second. Yes, yes, So, because we had an announcement last week. Oh, yes, yes. Um, so we launched oh. over at a5esrd.com. Yeah. This is going to be the home of the advanced fifth edition system reference document. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is going out under Creative Commons. Yeah. It's going out under the open game license for now, as long as yeah. the open game license exists. <laughs> which in our opinion will be forever because we don't believe it can be revoked yeah. and also it may we may add the orc open rpg creators license yeah, yeah. when we see that license yeah. as well yeah um but it's going out under those two licenses so basically what we are doing is we are doing the de-oglfying thing that we said we were going to do in that we're removing any trace of srd text from 
that's just uh, like wizards, SRT text, making sure every single word is our own and putting out like the entirety of Level Up, Advanced Fifth Edition, rules, you know, the rules content as a fully featured thing, you know, all the, all the feats, all the archetypes, all the, you know, whereas the 5e SRT doesn't have all that stuff. Everything, the whole lot is going to be in there. And it's all going to be there, available for use, um, Creative Commons as well. So, you know, we can't take it back, even if we wanted to. You know, there's no there's no revocation possible. And we're going to make sure that out there, there is a 100% fully featured 5E SRD hmm. that you can use to make A5E or 5E compatible games. That isn't anything to do with Wizards. That isn't, that isn't connected to that in any way whatsoever. Yeah, um, and I, I got to say, from a game designer point of view, as someone who likes to noodle around and play around with like little bits of a thing rather than producing full fledged games, it's really nice. Yeah, it's, re- it's really nice to it, use. Yeah. I've got, yeah. I, I've seen the five E SRD. I'm like, well, crikey! If I want to do any new thing, I'm going to have to build it all from scratch myself. Mm-hmm. But if you use, if you want to do a setting, just use the A5 SRD. It will work with like. Mm. 5e if that's what you're still running and also it'll give you just so many more tools you get so mm. many more toys for free like that you can just use and you yeah, don't yeah. have to make it out of whole cloth yourself yeah. which means that you can actually do what you yeah. want to do which is make worlds I mean, and it's a, adventures it is a work in progress yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, um, we've only got the introduction up there so far and yeah. there's a team we've got a team headed up by Paul Hughes who did Dungeon Devil's Guild and Monstrous Menagerie who is working through that SRD and there's things like uh, na- renaming all the spells. One of the things he's very focused on is making sure that the new names for spells share the same first letter as the existing spells. Mm. So I gotta say, like, um, the so they remain in the same alphabetical order and are easy to find. Uh, precisely, I gotta say that means that the old um, online thesaurus is getting quite the beating. <laughs> yeah. So what we're probably going to do, sort yeah. of when it comes to things like a spell list, yeah. we're probably going to put two versions up. We're going to put a clean version up, which has yeah. renamed all spells. Yeah. And then we're going to put the, the dirty version up, which is well, the one that is, which uses stuff that Wizards has put in Creative Commons and the ODL, but yeah. using it, you have to be aware that you are using Wizards names for these things. Mm. And you, they'll both be up there and you can choose which you use. Yeah. It's totally up to you. We'll make them available to you. But we'll have our clean version up there, which has not a single word yeah, yeah. from Wizards SRD. Yeah. And then we'll have the, the other version, which does have, which yeah. is all totally legal still, under yeah, the licenses, but the, the mixed version. Yeah. Yeah. And that'll be up there also. Yeah. So it's up to you as a creator or a publisher, which one you want to use. Yeah. Or both, or mix and match on both, because they'll be under the same licenses. I think some people so, have asked why why we're doing this when a lot yeah. of the SRD has gone into creative. So could you answer that question, Russ? Yeah. Because, A, we want to disassociate our game with a dependency on wizard stuff. So on yeah. a, from a selfish point of view, and make sure that our creators and our, our creator community feel safe and secure in writing for our game. So that's yeah. on the selfish point of view. Mm. That there's that there. Yeah. The other the other thing is our SRD is going to be so much more fully featured oh, yeah. than what Wizards has put up. Oh, the, yeah. yeah, you could you could Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's so much more in it that we just think, you know, it's something that we want to do. We want to put that stuff up there and out there. And we need a fully featured SRD for our game, so we might as well just do it properly. Yeah. You know, why not go for our heads and make sure we do it properly? Yeah. Character creation. 
And that website includes guidelines on how to use the OGL. We're yeah. making it so easy. We've got talk, you know, it's got stuff to tell you how to do it. Yeah. It's got copies of Wizards OG, um, SRD up there as well. Yeah. Um, it's got Creative Commons. Yeah. It's got all the resources you'll need yeah. and, you know, and things like that. So basically the idea is you'll go to a5esrd.com. And even if you have never done this before, everything you need will be there for you to make a 5e or a5e compatible game. So yes, you could. Just go and use Wizards one, but I think if when you see what we've got planned and what's there, you'll find that it is a much more intuitive, yeah. easier experience from the from the creators. I, I, I mean, nice. like it's just it's just not the same. I, I I've not been a game designer until mm. like doing stuff. It's like, well, this works really well. It's full of stuff. Mm. I don't have to just make up food. And this one is very bare bones. I mean, you can yeah. play. Dungeons and Dragons from the Wizards SRD, but yeah. it probably rather not is all I'm yeah. going to say. And obviously, I am very partial. That's not a secret to anyone. But just compare the two. If you're a game designer and you're interested, just compare the two. It's mm. just not, like chalk and cheese. It's ridiculous. One nuance to this whole "we're going to leave the OGL untouched" thing. Yeah. that Wizards did, which you know everyone applauded and everyone was like, "Hey, we won! We won! Mm. We won!" I don't necessarily think we did. I think mm. we've got breathing room because yeah. what they have not said and what mm. I suspect they will not say is we agree that the OGL is irrevocable. Yeah, yeah. They have not said that. They said we yeah. will leave it untouched. Yeah. But they haven't said that they have to leave it untouched. Yeah. They can't, they're not, they're still not saying that they can't. We're doing this because we're so, kind. So yeah. that sword of Damocles is still there. Yeah. Hanging over our heads. They, yeah. they could change their mind next month or next year or yeah. in five years or in ten years. Still. Yeah. I, I mean, that that is like, you shouldn't take a legal advice from a podcast. That's no, a no, terrible idea. But I, I would say, use your common sense. If you're developing under the OGL still, what are you thinking? Get out. Oh, like, get well, find a lifeboat and I, get to it. I mean, it's a risk. It's a risk assessment, yeah. isn't it? I, I mean, oof. everything you do has a element of risk in it because if someone wants to sue you, they'll sue you. Yeah. Yeah, um, but, my, my, um, my personal risk assessment went, yeah, okay, I can use the OGL because it's been 22 years of them promising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And moments, it went yeah. to, and now there is a potential that Hasbro, an, an American mega corporation, could sue me in America on the work I've done. It's not a big potential. I'm not very big. I'm not very important. But it's a potential, and that's mm. rather more potential than I am prepared to deal with. Yeah. Mm. So, like, if you like me or a small game designer, get out. It's like, mm. it, yeah. it, just, just... Anything else? Move away, man. It's it's not it's not. I think it's been good because it's made the immediate crisis be over. So if you were in the middle of developing a project that you spent a lot of time, effort, money into, and that's made under the open gaming license, at least you know, oh, I can release that this year, or and it's going to be okay. Because that's kind of what we were looking at. Because we have some products that we've invested a lot of money in that are really awesome that we're bringing out this year, and we're like, what do we do? Um, But now, so we know the immediate issue is gone. But I think. A lot of publishers, us included, are looking at long term. What do we do? Uh, and you know, and that's why people yeah. are going away doing their own thing, like Cubicle Seven. You know, doing their C Seven D Twenty brand new system mm. that's compatible with Five E. I think they have the same thoughts. They're like, okay, well, we're alright for the moment, but in the future, in the same with Project Black Flag. Yeah. I think the trust has gone from Wizards of the Coast, yeah. and Absolutely. publishers yeah. are like, you know, we have a business now. We have people depending on us. We have people we pay. We need to make sure we're doing something where it's safe because literally like i said we came back i came back to work in january and the first m- meeting we had on monday i was like what are we going to do can we still run a business 
when they when mm. then that was before Wizards had said anything and it was just all rumors and we were like, yeah. what does this mean for us as a business? Yeah. And I think a lot of yeah. people have that conversation and I never mm. want us to have that conversation again. I never want yeah. another company to be able to do something on a whim that yeah. ruins ours. Pe- 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 people, people that I know in the small design community mm. were taking down their literal products mm. off... Uh, I think some people did do that yeah. prematurely mm-hmm. because Wizards at that point had not done anything. They, they, they kind of indicated what they were wanted to do and were planning on doing, but until they actually do the thing, yeah. you yeah. don't have to take your product to- down. To- 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 risk tolerance is different things. Like, yeah. you know, um, like you don't want to lose your house over this. Well, no, but I mean, until they until they've actually cancelled the OGL, they haven't actually cancelled the OGL. Then we say we can't. They can't. But assume uh, if you if you agree that they can, um, until they actually do right. it, you know, and they never actually did it. They just said that's what they were planning on doing. Mm. So it was just a statement of intent rather than we have done this thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they didn't go ahead and do that in the end. But I did want to talk a little bit about the Creative Commons thing. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, because there's a little nuance to that, mm-hmm. um, which is not the same as the OGL. Yeah. yeah, at all. yeah. I mean, there is, there is, there is an element of it is broader and freer than the OGL. Mm-hmm. That is true. Mm-hmm. But also it is also more restrictive than the OGL in certain ways. Oh, like what? So it doesn't have any of the restrictions that the OJL has. Like the OJL has like its product identity restrictions and you can't do this and you can't do that. A few, no. a few different things throughout the license. Don't have to go into them, but they're there. Things mm. that you can't do. Um, the Creative Commons has none of that. It's not mm. more open. You can do what you want with it as long as you abide by the um, accreditation um, um, requirement. Yeah. Um, but what it doesn't have is any mechanism for separating out your content and open content within the same product. Uh. So if your product is released under the Creative Commons, yeah. the entirety of your product is. Yeah. You can't you can't say like um, these character names aren't, yeah. or this place name, right. or this setting material, or this fluff isn't. Yeah. It all is, or none of it is. Yeah, yeah. Which basically means if you release an adventure for five E, yeah. basing it on the Creative Commons license, yeah. SRD that they've released, yeah. your entire adventure is also yeah. under the Creative Commons license, right. which basically means that everything within that adventure mm-hmm. is also Creative Commons. Anyone can use it. Okay. So you you don't have the sort of separation of OGC, open gaming content, and product identity that the OGL granted you. Mm. So, so that means you couldn't create, say, a Drist do Erden to pick a fairly famous character. That wouldn't be possible as a third party using Creative Commons because everyone would be able to use it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what you can do, like, if you, like, we're using Creative Commons ourselves, but we're kind of doing it as a first party publisher yeah. of Level Up, yeah. a game, yeah. which we're not deriving from the 5.1 SRD. Okay. So what we can do is our book, our physical book is not released. You know, this, this, mm. that, that hardback book yeah. and, and the associated PDF is not released under Creative Commons. The okay. SRD is that we're making. So okay. the SRD contains all the stuff that we want to be out there open. Yeah. It doesn't include any of our character names. Doesn't include a lot of our fluff text or yeah. our art and adventures. All that yeah, sort yeah. of stuff isn't in there. Yeah. So it's just the stuff that we want. So we can separate out an SRD separately. Yeah. But you can only do that at the top level of a chain mm. as a first party creator. Mm. Once you're deriving from that SRD, mm. you can't do that anymore. Mm. So, does that make sense? I know what I mean. And I tried no, to no, that, that does make sense. So, kind of the right. issue people were worried about in the OGL license that said D&D can use your stuff if we want to, if you're using this license, mm. that's kind of what's happening with the Creative Commons. Because it's a share of like license. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not just wizards that can use your stuff. Anyone can use your stuff. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's good I mean, to that, be aware that was, of. That was, the case, that was the case with the OGL, but only the stuff that you marked as open gaming content. Yes, whereas Creative yeah. Commons, it's just everything. Yeah. 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 Which is useful for people but, to know, because um, I'm not sure everyone's aware that that's the case. And I know okay. some people won't mind, but some people will. So, let's see. So, things like narrative, would that not be covered under copyright to a certain extent? And no, because, no because, you waive, because under the license, you basically waive that. Right, right, okay. It's, it's an agreement, isn't it? Ah, uh, okay. So any so illust- copyright doesn't come into it. So any illustrations from a book, those would be... If I commissioned art, then essentially by publishing a book under the Creative Commons, mm. it, that art now becomes public domain. Unless or- you had some way of separating it out. Ah, right, right, okay. So what you could do is you could publish the book under a different... Under the OGL, if you mm. wanted to use the OGL, and release an SRD for your book under the Creative Commons. You could do that. Oh, my gosh. Mm. I suppose, like but you'd have to go the OGL work. route. I know, it's, it is complex. Yeah. And I think when you start getting into those sort of nuances, it gets complicated enough in the way the licenses interact with each other that I, I think it's veered away from what the OGL did was it was really simple yeah. Yeah. for creators to use. Yeah. And you didn't really need to consult a lawyer because yeah. it was quite clear. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. we thought it was clear. Clearly it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was clear to everyone it, except it was clear the legal enough team for that 22 has years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, so it's, it's now at the point where I, I kind of think that I would not want to go ahead and do something without taking advice just because I want to be sure. Well, Even if I'm pretty sure I'm doing it right, the way the licenses interact, it would be a little bit, eh, let me just check, double check and go. And that's it. why we now have legal representation for the company. Yeah, yeah. That's a huge expense. Uh, mm. Okay, so I guess one of the things that occurs to me is it feels like there's just been a real, the reason that, I, I mean, just going back to Wizards and they've changed, they did such a complete turnabout a complete change in communication. It doesn't sound like those two statements were at all written by the same sort of people. Mm. It makes yeah. me feel like there's... I mean, obviously this is speculation, but it really feels like there is some sort of faction or dispute. Don't with it. Don't we, don't, we don't know, we can't say, but it does feel like there's some sort of factional dispute mm. going on within the um, Wizards HQ. It wouldn't surprise me if higher yeah. management had different priorities to people actually working on the products because you get that in no. a lot of corporations. Any mm. large group of people, people are going to disagree with each other. Yeah. Oh, 100%. There's, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of people that work at Wizards. Yeah. So that is, yeah, yeah. there is obviously going to be some of that, but yeah. I, I, I couldn't, I don't know anymore whether there's, no. I mean, we've heard, we've heard reports and we've mentioned them on the podcast from ex-employees or people mm. who are at D&D Beyond who left because mm. of the relationship with, yeah. management and things like that so yeah. I don't know it's, yeah, like I say, it's all speculation mm-hmm. we haven't got any of it confirmed yeah. so hesitant yeah. to talk about it on the podcast because you know yeah. don't, you don't just want to be a little fake news outlet no no, we don't want to be a clickbait clickbait central yeah <laughs> like it. yeah right okay um, so I think we've probably covered that topic so now, hopefully but... we can put the open gaming license debate to bed for a while yeah anyway are we done here Apparently I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. 
just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. Look, all I'm saying is last time I went around to your house, I ended up with wet feet, Jessica. That's that's Yeah, because my dog dribbles when he drinks, as all the best people do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> look he's nearly nine years old give him a break he's doing very well oh, he's a good boy him.